Well, I want to welcome the new people. We, uh, we have three meetings. We have obviously this morning and, and on Saturday we're in the big book for the 11th time going through it. We started in September 2008 and we are uh, on six, step six and seven, which is two paragraphs on page 76. And we have a handout today and we're going to be reading some additional information from the book Drop the Rock. On Sunday night we started the big book over two weeks ago and um, we're uh, on the uh, forward to the second edition tomorrow night at 6. If you're interested in studying the book, we go through it line by line. On uh, Wednesday nights, we're on the How It Works preamble on page 58. We covered two paragraphs uh, Wednesday night. We have a site, experiencethebigbook.org. We have all the podcasts. I think we have 250 podcasts on there and 80 thoughts. And if you're interested in studying the book, it might be helpful. Um, we have the handout today. I hope everybody has one, if not. And we're going to be using this card a little bit today. All right, this is the spiritual checklist. It's on the site for those who are listening uh, uh, on the site. And we're reading from Drop the Rock Introduction. And we're going to go to page 15. And I will... X, XV. Uh, it's in the introduction. And I'll, I will stop at, I'll stop at 10. I've got a lot to cover today. We'll have some time for discussion. Um, it talks about uh, Bill, uh, Reverend Shoemaker who uh, worked with Bill W. and he was from the Calvary Church and that's where Roland Hazard went in 1933 when he was told that he had a hopeless condition of mind and body. And then he uh, went to the Calvary Church and worked the uh, Oxford Group Steps. And then he went and rescued Ebby uh, uh, Thatcher from going to uh, prison in Vermont in 1934. And then Ebby Thatcher, after 60 days and working the Oxford Group Steps, he, he was told he had to witness to somebody. And he found Bill W. And we're here today. And we're going to look at some of that history in the forward to the second edition, which we're going to cover tomorrow night. Uh, he talks about daily surrender. Six and seven is about a daily surrender from my self-centeredness to God-centeredness. And it says, uh, we surrender as much of ourselves to as much of God as we understand. I talked about this last week. I'm reviewing it. In other words, my spiritual progress is based in direct proportion to my dropping the rock. And the rock is all my old ideas. Everything that I think I know about everything. All my character defects. Recovery works by giving us daily insight into what we can do to remove what blocks us. If something's blocking me from God, I'm the only person that can decide to let it go. God, God won't do for me what I could do for myself. He'll remove the character defect, but I have to let go of it. And Joe and Charlie make the powerful point when they talk about steps six and seven, that when we get the six and seven, I'm responsible for my day. I'm responsible for my life. Nobody else is. And I'm responsible if I want to continue practicing my character defects, fine. If I don't, I have this, this step to change. It's also called the steps that change, and it's called the steps that separate the men from the boys or the girls from the women. Uh, 
it says, uh, uh, the idea that God reveals as much truth as you can live up to. The longer you're in the program, the more truth you see. The more you study the big book, the more that's revealed to you. It says, God will reveal more to you and us. Remember, your house has to be in order. So the more you work the spiritual program, the more you see. The answers, well, it's right here. The answers will come if your own house is in order. If your own house is out of order, you get, you get answers, but they're your answers. And that didn't work for me. I need God's answers. It says six and seven steps are the forgotten steps. I believe that. They aren't talked about that much, but we're going to spend several weeks here on it. We always do. I think they're the most important. The whole program is about six and seven. If I don't change my sobriety date, we, oh, uh, Ed's not here. He's in Arizona. But it's true. What, it, what is a spiritual awakening? A personality change sufficient to recover from alcoholism. If I continue to have the same self-centered personality, guess what? I'm going to take the same self-centered actions and my life's going to be the same mess. It says, by working these steps, we're less likely to stay in old, unproductive, negative behavior patterns. Now, you can stay in old, unproductive, negative behavior patterns. Nobody will, 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 will make you change. But when you get tired of it, then you'll want to change. And if you're not, and you do it too long, you're going to drink again. We gain more understanding of how all the steps, all the ordered for reason, need to be worked together. And I like this. It's in, it's in dark print. This prevents me from falling into the trap of understanding only just enough of the program to make me miserable and not enough to make me happy. And then it says, some of us might fall into the trap of thinking the support system of the fellowship meetings is the entire program of action. And I think you could do that. You could go to meetings and, and think that that's the deal. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but he says, with the action of six and seven, culminates in dropping the rock and that's called all the stubborn anybody stubborn in here here's the way it's described stubborn grasping stupid holding on to old patterns of behavior thinking and feeling that are harmful to our progress in recovery now why would anybody do that because we've done it our whole lives and it's hard to change. It's a process. That's why six and seven is where you're practicing dropping your stubborn, grasping, stupid, holding onto old patterns of behavior. Now, how do you know when you're doing that? You feel like crap. You're afraid. You're angry. You're judging people. You're taking bad actions. You, you're, at night, you go, you lie in bed, and you feel terrible. If you want to feel good, Every night, work six and seven the best you can. Doesn't mean you'll be perfect, but if you do the best you can, you'll feel okay. Because remember, in our daily, our nightly inventory, after we review our day, we ask God's forgiveness, because we're, we're not perfect, and, and inquire from him what corrective measures for the next day. Reading Drop the Rock is a way of getting into the principles behind the six and seven steps, not only for understanding, but for action. Now, it's interesting, six and seven is in the <coughs> chapter into action. I tried to find the chapter into thinking. The chapter into thinking is the one, is the one that you're reading and you're at, not in the rooms. <laughs> 
and into action it's an action step now if you when we read the two paragraphs in the big book they talk about willingness are we willing to let go absolutely of all of our character defects of course we are right but we don't and then we humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings that prevent my usefulness to him and my fellows right but it needs to be done all the time Remember, the only time that I'm ever okay is when I'm in the what? The now with God. If I'm in fear or anger, I'm not with God, and then I'm in Michael. And then I make bad decisions and bad actions. So six and seven is how when I get separated from God, in the moment right now, I'm afraid of some nonsense. I stop. I say, I don't want to be there. I'm blocked from God. God remove this and help me practice the opposite. It's not complicated. Once you do it a, a, a long time, you just know when you're there, you just stop. And you just say, pause with agitator doubtful and say, God, give me the right thought or action. Just the pausing, just the stopping and going to God is the key. It'll change everything, it always does. After doing our fifth step, many of us were directed to go home and to read the two paragraphs in the big book on the six and seven steps and then to do the steps. And they're in six and seven. And who wouldn't want to be rid of these defects of character, especially after talking about them in the inventory process? Now, a lot of people have said, why is there only two paragraphs in the big book on six and seven if they're the most important steps? Well, because they did, they had a little chart that they kept all the time with their character defects, and they <coughs> carried it all day, and they checked it whenever one came up. And then they talked to somebody about it that day, and what, was, what they should have done differently. You see, it was a very active part. It was understood. They had these little cards, and if uh, uh, they had a book that uh, Dr. Bob uh, used and they had and when AA finally got organized but they had these little cards and these and they and they carry them around um, who wouldn't want to be we uncovered a list of pain and agony that we shared with another person and God of course we wanted to be rid of these character flaws and habits right of course anybody want to hold on to any of these well here's the problem you can be willing to let go but you have to let go a hundred percent so a 99% willingness to go to pride won't do me any good. It has to be 100%. And how do you know when you're not letting go 100%? You're, you're prideful. And so it's not that complicated. It says, then we, we did the prayer, and then we started having the same difficulties and issues arising from the same defects that have plagued us before. We may not have practiced them or noticed them quite so much, but they return with a force that scared and surprised us. If you're sober and you don't feel good, you need to do six and seven. If you're sober and you're not happy and you've been in the program a while, you need to rework either steps one through five or practice six and seven. And here's what he says. We went to our sponsor and said that perhaps we needed to do another fourth or fifth step. You hear about that. We were feeling and acting very similar to ways we used to feel and act, what we should do. Or perhaps years in the program th seems thing that seem to have just gone flat. There's not the old spark. We've drifted into a numb place. I wrote dangerous place where there seems to be little growth and little reason to change. 
And if it, and I wrote, if you're that way, it is you who see little reason to change. But if you ask your family members or people you work with, you see, or people who know you, they would say, you know, you need more growth and you need to change. But we can't see it ourselves. So it says, if our sponsor's a good one, perhaps he or she responds that maybe it isn't the fourth or fifth step that needs repeating, but it's time to take a real look at sixth and seventh. Rather than blaming, I like this, rather than blaming the program and the people in it for the flatness in our life. Anybody ever do that? Yeah, 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 probably not. Uh, maybe it's time to rejuvenate the growth process through a jump start of the sixth and seventh, remembering that the program helps those who help themselves. God won't do for me what I can do for myself. And uh, I wrote the program works for those who do it. But you have to understand it, and that's why I started this meeting, so people would know what the program is in the big book, so they could do it. And I went years where I didn't understand this program. It's not taught. And so I understand it pretty well now. That doesn't mean I do it well all the time, but at least I know what to do. And I know where I am when I'm off base. Now here's a very good thing about, this is from Bill W. Thoughts on principles versus character defects. I once spoke in an AA group's anniversary meeting in St. Paul and left the members with a riddle. If the principles of 12-step recovery are not the 12 steps, then what are the principles? I returned to the same meeting about a year later to present a sponsee with a sobriety medallion, and a few people approached me with the following comment. I've been looking all year since your talk in the literature for the principles, and I can't find them. My answer to these group members was the same one I give my sponsees. The principles of 12-step recovery are the opposite of our character defects. So look at this card. The personality characteristic of self-will, selfish, dishonest, frightened, inconsiderate, prideful, greedy, luster, angry. Personality characteristic of God's will, interested in others. Honest, courageous, considerate, humble, giving and sharing, doing for others. Which side of the card is going to work better for you? You see, and these are the principles that I have to practice. And I have to practice this and do it. I thought you could study it, you know, and then think about it and then, tr but you have to actually work it and you work it by stop doing the opposite. You stop doing what you're doing when you're separated. So in recovery, we try to take the opposite of our character defects and shortcomings and turn them into principles. And where's Ryan? LPTKCC, right, buddy? We came up with that love, patience, tolerance, kindness, consideration, compassion. If I have that in any situation, I'm going to be okay. And what they're telling you, and it's not talked about a lot at meetings, is the AA program is, is a lot about what we talk about doing, but it's really about how you be, how you be in your mind, and then you'll do. If I bring, if I bring love in every situation, I'm going to get it back. If I bring kindness in every situation, I'm going to get it back. If I bring Michael in every situation, I'm going to get Michael back. And it's not pretty. So you go in a situation and it's not going well. And you're interacting. Well, you brought the wrong thing in there. And so six and seven is when you're in, when you're, when you're in an interaction, you have to stop and say, what am I bringing right now? Now remember on page 84, we live in the world of the spirit. Anybody want to do that? 
That's a good place. And that's when we get to step 10. And it says, what is our code of living? This is in the big book, love and tolerance. So if I bring love and tolerance into any situation, I'm going to get it back. And we said we don't have to be disturbed, right? It's a spiritual axiom that if I'm disturbed, there's something wrong with me. Anybody believe that? It wasn't good the first time I heard it. I argued about it. I said, nah, that can't be true. What about them? But what they're saying is, I'm disturbed because I'm bringing my self-centeredness into the situation. And it's one of these character defects. And I heard this speaker, and it, it made such an impression on me. It was so simple. He said, the only thing lacking in any situation is the love I don't bring into it. Think about it. And so when you bring love, which is God, in my idea, the, the love of God into every situation, I'm letting God work through me. I'm doing the St. Francis prayer. Things are going to be good. I'm not going to get to it today, but I'm going to do a meeting on the St. Francis prayer probably next week and how this is the whole deal. This is the whole deal of, uh, of living the spiritual life in the steps. So we try to practice the opposite of our character defects and turn them into principles. And here it is. And I have to work to change fear into faith, hate into love, egoism into humility, anxiety and worry into serenity. So what we would have to do is whatever I'm fear, I have to say the fear prayer. God, remove my fear and direct my attention to how I should be. I'm in fear, why? Because I'm managing my life. I have to turn hate into love. Hate is when I'm judging the world, right? I'm back in me. Egoism into humility, anxiety and worry into serenity. You see, all these are the opposite. We could make a card out of this. So I wrote at the bottom, faith, love, humility, serenity, action, acceptance, trust, reality, service, forgiveness, tolerance, hope, self-respect, loneliness into fellowship. You could make that your uh, principles of living. You, I meditate on the card. I have it in front of me every morning. And it's in front of me, and I'll go into here. Anybody ever do that? And I say, well, I'm in here. I got to look at this. And I, I pray on this every morning. It doesn't take long. I don't want to be the way I was before, but I can't stop it during the day, so I have to do six and seven. And I stop when I have the wrong pair of glasses on. See, uh, these are the God-centered glasses. So if I'm seeing something wrong, I just put these on, and then it changes the way I see it. Now, here's the problem. I have to take off the self-centered glasses to put the God glasses on. So if you're having a bad day, just change your glasses. Now, I said at the meeting the other day that I really should always have a good day, and then somebody argued that they went to three funerals in one day, and it was a bad day. A good and bad, to me, is judgment. I'm judging how things are. And I don't have to judge anything as bad anymore. It is what it is. I don't know if that makes any sense. All right, so here's the next page. He says, those of us in recovery know that our true goal is progress, not perfection. Now, why didn't they say perfection? Because we're never going to be perfect. If we were perfect, we wouldn't have to do six and seven. Do you see how it works? 
if I became perfect, well, then I would never see things self-centered. But it's not going to happen. That's why it's we do. We says continue to take personal inventory. Anybody know that? It's a step. And when wrong, admit my mistakes. Right? Well, what are they talking about? It doesn't mean I call the police if I'm going 63 in a 60 zone. It means I take inventory when my thinking's on the left side of the column. And I stop and admit my thinking's wrong right now. God changed my thinking. And then I can see the situation differently. At least that's how I look at it. We cannot maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles, but we should try. I've heard some people screw up their days and make terrible decisions to say, well, it's progress, not perfection. Well, that's true, but we don't want to use it as an excuse to screw up our lives. If you haven't been in enough meetings, you haven't heard that yet. Uh, the point is that we're willing to grow along spiritual lines. I want to grow. The principles, and here's, a, I've read this before, but it's true, are guides to progress. Now, if I want to go down the path to God, the guides down the path are the spiritual principles, are the love, patience, kindness, tolerance, consideration. All the characteristics of God, all the opposite of my character, they're the guides. If I follow them, I'm going to go down the path. If I follow me and my crap, I'm going to go down that path. So here's a, each day you have a choice. Which path do you want to go down? And the good thing about AA is you could start out the day going down the right path, and at 10 o'clock, you can get pissy. Anybody get pissy here? And you can get onto the, you get off the path, you get on this path. Well, you can stop. The only person making you go down the wrong path is you, and you can stop. I mean, we have such a gift here. They're a group of principles. The AA 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in nature, which and a lot of people don't want to read it. If practice is a way of life, we need the practice as a way of life can expel the obsession to drink, that means you're recovered, and enable the sufferer to become happy and usefully whole. And that's the result of doing six and seven. Now, the other thing I heard from Joe and Charlie that hit me like this is they said, you know, we're not bad people. We've just practiced the wrong principles. And we've gotten very good at it. Anybody here not good at being selfish? I mean, we're all pros. I mean, they should give awards. I mean, we should be like on CNN and they should interview us. And, and, but we've done it and we've done it our whole lives. So it's not easy to stop and practice the opposite. And in the beginning, your days are going to reflect that. But, but we have to try to practice the opposite, and it happens. If I stop and I go to God and say, I don't want to be judging, I don't want to be fearful, and just stop and say, okay, I'm going to trust God. I say the prayers for anger. Uh, it, it changes my life. And you have to do it every day. You're never going to wake up one day and not need to do six and seven. Sorry. So what are the principles? And here they have this, people have made cards. Step one is honesty, step two is hope. Uh, these principles are the same as the principles on the other page, the principles here. You can make a list. You could pray for this every day. 
And it, it says, in this book, we and those who have assisted us will attempt to take a real look at six and seven. Here's a copy of the book. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, for one year, I did a meeting at seven after the uh, Sunday six, and we read Drop the Rock. You may remember that. And it was good. And we, we covered the book uh, again. I also have recorded the Drop the Rock. I've done uh, four uh, podcasts on it. I did it from home. They're on the site. Uh, it may be helpful if you want to listen to them. It says to become the person we can become, and that's the person God made, not the person I made, I must drop the rock. All the grasping and holding on to old patterns of behaving, thinking, and feeling that are harmful to ourselves and to others. And I wrote, we take spiritual intellectual knowledge and we turn it into spiritual reality. So we have to, we take the not, we continue to grow, we continue to be useful. And I wrote, the focus must be moving towards completion rather than away from pleasant, uncomfortable habits and actions. We, do you, which way do you want to move each day? And isn't that what prayer meditation is all about? It says we must carry a vision of God's will in all my activities. Anybody ever heard that? It's page 85. Well, this is what God's will is for me, is to be this. It's not that complicated. And so, uh, and then I asked him for the power to carry it out. I'm just going to read a, a few things and then we'll open it up. Uh, this is step six. This is really, uh, I'm just going to read this page. <coughs> At the beginning of the discussion of the sixth step in the 12 and 12, it says in a rather sexist way, we'll forgive Bill, that this is the step that separates the men from the boys. Becoming entirely ready. Moving into total willingness is hard. But we need to be entirely ready when we come in here, when we're defeated, right? We need to be completely defeated, right? Step one, you have to do perfectly, they say. I have to be right, completely defeated, and stay that way. And Julie said it's so powerful. We never want to forget. We never want to forget how bad it was. But becoming entirely ready is hard. It requires a great effort and awareness. And the awareness is from doing steps one through five. You're aware of how your character defects and your self-centered uh, situation caused all the problems in your life. Step six requires us to stop struggling. It's time to acknowledge that we need help. And then uh, he says sobriety is not enough. Just being sober uh, doesn't change your personality. You're just not drunk. But you can be have this self-centered personality of an alcoholic and be sober. Remember, sober is when the disease occurs. Alcoholism doesn't occur after you drink. You just have alcohol in your body. It occurs before you drink because you drink because you're self-centered and separated from God. And then alcohol is a solution to your problem. Step six and seven says, if I'm not feeling good today, I've got a different solution. I'm going to go to you, God, and I don't need to go to alcohol anymore. I guarantee if you try it, God will work better than alcohol. Now, if you don't believe me, keep doing the alcohol. And then when you're tired of that solution, try the God solution, which is all the steps are really about. It's, a, it's to acknowledge that we need help, and I need help all day long. 
not only to stop my addiction, but help in living a better life. Anybody want a better life? Sandy Beach says, if you're not having a better life sober, you, you, you might as well drink if you're still miserable. Not only to help stop our, but living a better life, we become aware of our defects of character. Perhaps pride and thoughts of superiority are blocking the way to serenity. I can't imagine that, can you? I'm being facetious. Our pride is maybe the last thing that goes. Thoughts of superior, or is it judging others? Any judges in here? So my pride, my thoughts of superiority, and my habit of judging others, they can keep me in turmoil. Or he says, deep resentment, envy, or self-pity. You see how those character defects? It is good to read step six and over. It's brief. All it requires is becoming ready to become willing. Isn't that really what you're supposed to do when you wake up in the morning? <coughs> Say, God, direct my thinking. Divorce it from selfish desires, self-seeking motives. Isn't that what that really is saying? I don't want to be in charge. We don't have to change immediately. We can work on our attitude and pray about it. We can think it over and I see that our lives can become more trouble-free when we rid ourselves of destructive habits. And it says God makes it possible. Remember, selfishness, self-centeredness is the root of my problem. Anybody agree with that? It's going to kill me, was a big book said. God makes it possible. So I can have my self-centeredness removed every minute by God. All I have to do is be willing to let go of it and change. So we'll stop there. And... Uh, uh, Try to bring your hand out. If not, I'll have some more, and we're going to finish this, and then I'm going to talk about the St. Francis prayer next week. Thank you. Thanks, Doc.